welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us Josh Singleton. He is the youth pastor at uh, Black Oaks Heights Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's right. Now, is your title youth pastor? Student pastor. Student pastor. Youth pastor yeah. yeah awesome. Those. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Josh, I appreciate you being here. I, you know, we're here for Disciple Now weekend. Mm-hmm. You're our our, uh, our camp pastor. Done a great job so far, Thank you. and uh, you participate in our other D nows mm-hmm. and you come for other things, and it's been a privilege to get to know you the last few years. Uh, I know we go out to eat lunch or dinner mm-hmm. sometimes, and so it's neat to see uh, how your, especially your ministry, has grown, mm-hmm. and that's why I wanted us to talk because you know I, the 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 years you've been coming here and uh, and bringing your youth, I've really seen how. You bring, you're bringing more and more numbers, mm-hmm. and so I think that's something that uh, people want to know more about. Right. So I, I thought we would talk a little bit about about that. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so my name is Josh Singleton. I've grown up in the North Knoxville area my whole life. I went to the Powell school system, um, elementary, middle, and high. Um, I played sports. I played football. I was on some good football teams there. I've always um, loved leading worship at our church, Black Oak Heights. I've also grown up there. Um, and I've just had a really good core community around me my whole life, a lot of good friends, a lot of good influences. Um, I've been able to do ministry with those people and worship with those people and do life with those people. Um, and God has really just allowed me to be a product of my environment and the people that have raised me up in the North Knoxville area around Black Oak. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there are a few ministers out there who grew up in a church mm-hmm. and basically got on, became on staff, mm-hmm. but not many. Yeah. It's rare. And, yeah, it's rare. Yeah, because sometimes I think they're they do have uh, maybe uh, 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 boundaries they have to cross over. Mm-hmm. Since you know the the, the little old lady who uh, had you in her <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah in her toddler's yeah. uh, Sunday school class is yeah. you know still in your church and your yeah. youth pastor, so they still look at you as that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it gives new meaning to Jesus saying, "A prophet's welcome everywhere, but in his hometown." You know, and I and I can say truly, it's it's been a blessing. There's there's pros and cons to it. The, the people do see you um, differently, and you mm-hmm. have to earn that respect. But if you earn their respect and you earn their trust, they'll give it to you. Right. Um, and the pros far outweigh the cons because you know what people you can trust, and you know what people you can rely on, um, and you have a you have a built-in family of people who who will support you and know your heart yeah. and know why you do what you do. Yeah. So, so you were uh, uh, you grew up in the youth group. You mm-hmm. became an intern. Yes. And then you, how long you been full time? I have been full time for about a year and a half. Um, I interned for six months, and I started last January. Okay. So awesome. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So tell me a little bit about. Um, I mean, Black Oak Hikes is. I know your pastor very well, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a you know. A great church, it's reaching community, it's just growing, and uh, uh, your pastor has a, a, such a heart for people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got a great environment yeah. to work with, great staff, yeah. so that that's good. Well, tell a little bit about just your passion. What is your passion? My passion is really just to spread the gospel. Uh, my call to the ministry really came on the mission field. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when I got to go lead people to Christ for the first time, that's when God really started working in my heart of this is what I want you to do, and mm-hmm. this is what your life needs to count for. Um, and, and that was a long journey for me. I didn't immediately surrender to that call. Mm-hmm. He had to take me through the wilderness and teach me lessons um, and teach me things other places, but that's where he planted the seed. Right. And slowly over um, life choices and different careers and college majors, he watered that seed and he showed me all the things I didn't want to do, kind of like Thomas Edison figured out, you know, a thousand ways not to make a light right. bulb. I figured out a thousand things that I didn't want my life to count for. Yeah. And then eventually he brought me back full circle and gave me the opportunity to to see kids saved and hear the gospel and discipled and ultimately that they would share the gospel and make disciples. Yeah. And um, my ultimate passion is to be able to get the ministry to a certain point where I can kind of sit back, take my hands off, and the kids are so well trained that they'll go out and lead people to Christ. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, now that's here's a question relating to that. I mean, I know that discipleship is very important, but you do have a big emphasis in evangelism. Yeah. And and so, how do you mold those together? I think it starts on how you preach. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are not topical. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I believe there's good topical youth pastors, but we're very expository and we go through God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that you'll learn if you'll just preach through His word, you'll be hitting the right things. Right. And every message will be for the believer, and every message will be for the non-believer. Both. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you apply God's word, you apply it to two different audiences. Um, knowing that there's people who do live for Jesus and don't. Um, and like the famous pastors of old used to say, every message, you beeline for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get there, that's when the, the non-believers can really key in. And, you know, Jesus is a thread from Genesis to Revelation. So if you look hard enough, he's in there. And right. so you can be very pastoral and very discipleship oriented for most of your sermon, and then you can find that gospel thread. Um and all of our events are designed the same way. Mm. It's for two groups. There's a group that needs to grow in their faith, and there's a group that needs to have faith. Right. I and mean, we really make sure that both of those are every event, every sermon series, everything we do is really geared to both of those aims. Yeah. So the do you have like a—I know we've talked about evangelism mm-hmm. before, and we've had, had a, a sit-down for dinner, and— uh, how is I know you have a real desire for them. What we just said mm-hmm. for your students just to go out in their communities, yeah. and so they're beginning to do that. We're about to start a training, an evangelism training that's going to last about five weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm that's going to be a sign up basis, mm-hmm. a volunteer basis for students who realize that they need to get deeper and want to grow. You know, we've done simple things like the three circles mm-hmm. and we've actually had students accept Christ from that. And so that's to go back to the last question, we occasionally do very evangelistic things on your programming and yeah. kids will respond. But for the kids who want to go deeper, we're about to do a study called share Jesus without fear, which mm-hmm. is an old book that a lot right. of guys that will have read and recognize. And that book is very good because it, it redefines what success is. Mm -hmm. And if they can realize that success is not me converting somebody, success for me is just being obedient to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. That will revolutionize everything. And that's why I want to start with that book. You know, I I told them the other day, I was like, you guys envision that if you share the gospel and somebody doesn't respond, that God's disappointed with you and he's got his arms crossed. I said, in reality, he's up there clapping, rejoicing because you got the victory because you shared. Right. You know, and Paul and he writes all throughout the, the epistles that, look, some people plant the seed, some people water it, but it's God who makes it grow. Right. And so we have to redefine that success is just planting that rock in their shoe that they can never forget. Yeah. And I think the statistic in the book is like people need to hear the gospel 17.6 times before mm-hmm. they respond. And they may, they may be 14 mm-hmm. or 12 or 17, 
you don't know where you're at in that chain, what link you are, but you're getting them closer. And eventually you will reap the reward and you will reap the harvest. And then on the other end, you can look and say, that wasn't me. I'm standing on the shoulders of 17 other people who shared the gospel and I got to reap the harvest. Right. And so it's really redefining what success is. And then it's giving them a framework, you know, just like we wouldn't go preach a sermon with no outline. Mm. We would have no clue where we were going. Right. If we expect kids to go out into the world and have no framework for how to share the gospel, they're going to fail mm-hmm. because you, you fall to the level of your systems especially under stress and things like that. And so we, we teach a very systematic, that book gives you some scriptures. We alter it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's your basic Roman road with John 3.16 and John 3.3 3, um, thrown in there in Ephesians 2 right. um, and then some other verses. And it just gives them a framework where when they start to hit a little bit of stress and anxiety, they can fall to the system and go through the outline. Yeah. And you let the scripture do the work. You share the next verse. You let that person say, what is that to you? If they're wrong, you say, read it again, and you let God's Word and God's Spirit do the work. And yeah. so if we can redefine success and realize that God's Scripture is what's doing the work and not us, I think right. that a lot of more people will be um, more bold and more brave to share the gospel. Well, there's probably a lot of uh, youth pastors listening right now or volunteers mm-hmm. that are thinking, well, yeah, I can barely get my kids to talk, yeah. let alone share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what do you do with that? How how do you begin to uh, push him or pull him in that direction of, hey, we need to start sharing? Mm-hmm. We became very intentional in our Wednesday night programming um, this year. I, I, I redefined and reinvented what the Wednesday night gathering looked like for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we We can, unfortunately, sometimes view our preaching as too important, and I don't mean that it's not important. That is the bedrock of what we do, but there's got to be other elements. And Mm -hmm. so every Wednesday night, we start with an activity that's social, that gets them building bridges with each other. Mm -hmm. We have worship, we have a message, and then we always end the message into community groups. Mm -hmm. And I write two or three critical thinking questions based on my message that will get them talking. And they go after the message and into the community group. And what that's teaching them is we don't just hear a message, forget it, and don't live it. We force them in a kind way to go into community groups with a leader and talk about the message they've just heard. Mm-hmm. And so we are training them, even if it's not evangelistic messages, to know how to take scriptural truth, process that, and then in community share it with each other mm-hmm. and share their burdens and mm-hmm. confess sins and, and pray for one another. And so if, if they can go through our programming, they're already being trained, really, that when I hear a message, it's to process and then to have output and not just input. Right. And so they've I've seen them become more comfortable to share. And at first, it's going to be awkward. And you have to be willing to go through that awkward phase. Right. You know, good teachers can sit through awkward silence until mm-hmm. somebody responds. And so, you know, after about a, two or three months of going to community groups, they were asking, are you doing community groups? Mm-hmm. We get to go. I mean, it was just they were excited about it because once once they taste what that community is like, mm-hmm. once they taste what actually, you know, sharing the gospel and sharing the scriptural truth and not just receiving in our consumeristic culture, right. they realize how powerful that is. And so yeah. if you will just implement that on a week, by week basis, then you can get to the point where you can say, okay, now let's go deeper. Let's right. go further. Well, I always tell people that, you know, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is accept Christ. Mm-hmm. And the most, uh, the second most exciting thing to happen in your life when you get the bill, share the gospel with someone and they come to know Christ, God oh. works through you just to be in God's presence as he 
begins to work in it'll, a while. It'll mess you up in yeah. ways you don't even understand. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like a high you've never tasted and you'll never go back. Right. Once you lead that first person to Christ, you think, I was missing out on that the whole time. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of go back. You may, you said one word, train, training. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think, uh, I think there's a, a danger in a lot of our smaller churches, especially, mm-hmm. And I, and I totally understand. They're just trying to get youth there. Yeah. And they're trying to connect with them. But you can't forget the role of a youth minister, volunteer, youth director, whatever your title is, if you're over youth, is to train those youth. Mm-hmm. Not to entertain them, but to train them. Yeah. That's a key thing, right? Yeah. And you have to think about it. Uh, there, of course, there's lots of resources out there. Not everybody's good about it, but, you know, you can find resources to begin to train those youth. I mean, do you not think that people think that the job, uh, the only person that needs to train is the youth pastor, not the parents? Right. It's a misconception. Yeah, absolutely. You get, what, three hours a week with them? They yeah. get the all the other ones, whatever the math is on that. Yeah. And so if you're not helping their parents equip, you're mm. really missing a big window. Yeah. So the little window you have, you got you to— gotta, you got to maximize it. Maximize. We it. go about an hour and a half on Wednesday night, and we use just about every minute of that. Yeah. Their com- their parents are waiting on them when they get out of community groups. Yeah. And when they have a good community group and they're sharing, they're coming out late. And I'm telling yeah. them, look, they're in there talking and dealing with the Lord, and that's important. Right. So that's good. Well, t- let's talk about what's been going on in your church. I- I've seen since you've been involved, even when Randy, I mean, but you, but but it seems like it's just kind of taken off uh, since you've been. Uh, in this role of your youth group growing and, and you, you're able to reach. Why do you think that's happening? Well, I think, you know, I took over in a tough transition of COVID mm-hmm. where I had really done a number and, and, you know, everybody listening can relate to that. Every, every minister, every pastor at whatever level felt the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you take over in a time like that, the good news is there's only one way to go and that's up. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, you know, or being brand new and really wanting to do well, you had to get over the the desire to go chase all those people that probably aren't coming back. Mm. I had to say, look, I love those people. I'm here for those people, but but what's next? Right. What's new? And the first study we did was a study called Next mm. at, a, at a fall retreat. Mm-hmm. And it was all about, look, here's where we've been. Here's where the state of the church. Here's the state of our culture. Now, what are we going to do about it? Right. And more than ever, people are hungry for community. They're hungry for truth. The, the days of kids looking to be entertained mm-hmm. and, and it be flashy, that doesn't appeal to them anymore. Yeah. They can sit at home and play Xbox and be entertained. Yeah. They want to come hear biblically solid preaching from a youth pastor who's not afraid to tell them the hard truth in love. And they want their peers to come around them and just be real. I'm glad you said that. I mean, really, you're right. I mean, before COVID, even further back for years, it's the bigger and better every year mm-hmm. and it's all about entertaining even though you may say that but if you look at what you're doing that's what's happening and and, and to, i think if anything that should be a relief mm-hmm. because just trying to come up with new ideas to beat last year you lose focus at all and that's pressure mm-hmm. and, and now you can just 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 to remember that's not our purpose. Yeah. I mean, that should take pressure off of yourself of trying to do that and just yeah. let the Lord work. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's this false dichotomy in student ministry that you learn as you go. It's some people want to be a very relational student ministry, and some people want to be a very teaching, preaching-based student ministry. And if you're going to grow, you have to be both. Mm-hmm. 
You have to have solid biblical preaching. You got to work hard on your messages to apply it to their life. You got to stick them in community group and let them work on it. But you also have to do the other side of that, and you got to show up and love them right. so that they know that the person preaching to them cares about them. And if you'll do both of those things, I think you'll grow because that's what kids are looking for. Right. Well, I noticed you were here last weekend and brought your youth group there on Dis- Disciple Now. And, you know, something that uh, – and, and for the, since you've been coming the last few years with D-Now, uh, when kids come forward, you're up there with them. Mm-hmm. You know, that tells me something. It tells me that you, you've you bought into them. You're right there by their side. Mm-hmm. And that tells them something too. Yeah. And so I think that's something that makes uh, you successful. And I know that we're talking about success, and it's all about the Lord. But mm-hmm. but because because God had put that in your heart to care and love for those you so much that you're you're available and you you uh, have such compassion with them, they feel it mm-hmm. and they respond to that. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. It's easy. It would be easy for a youth pastor or volunteer to do their lesson and then they're kind of back away. Yeah. But it's very relational, especially through COVID, right? Gen Z is very good at seeing through phony and fake. Mm. That is their superpower. Mm. They can smell through a leader who's just there to do a lesson, wipe their hands up and walk away. Mm. And they're very good at spotting it. And they they have a healthy distrust of uh authority these days because of everything they've seen and they really only listen to people who have earned their trust and maybe rightfully so and they they want a leader who's in the fray with them who's in the battle with them who's in the fire with them um and it's just a basic leadership principle Mm -hmm. you know anybody who's a manager like yourself or a leader of a team that classic picture of the difference between a boss and a leader Mm -hmm. a boss is behind everybody pointing saying go up that mountain a leader is at the head of the rope going up the mountain first with them and so that's that's really what they're hungry for, and that's what everybody needs. Right. You know, they need a um, a leader who will, you know, go through the problems with them and will really be a pastor to them and not just a preacher to right. them. Well, if you're listening, take note of that. Mm-hmm. Take note that, uh, you know, that, that kids are, are looking for relations. They're yep. looking for that, that leader. Mm-hmm. So tell me, um, you know, what— you know, I know you've you've probably had some things that have worked. You're, you're, we talked about that. Things have worked well. Mm-hmm. But what are some things that might come to mind or one thing that did not work well? Man, I, th- I think the, the biggest thing is that you try to do too much too soon. Mm-hmm. When I took over, you know, we had a very busy schedule, and I would add things to that, and I thought more is better. Mm-hmm. Post-COVID, people are so busy and strung out, and they got used to sitting in a cave for two years and doing nothing. And on top of that, their schedules are crazy. Mm-hmm. These volleyball teams they're on are insane. These baseball teams are insane. These basketball teams are insane. They're practicing five days a week. And so you have to learn how to provide a very basic schedule, but a schedule that they don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. you got to pare down. you got to say, we're doing this in the fall. We're doing this in the spring. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason. And our Wednesday nights are going to be the best we have to offer. And mm-hmm. we're going to love the mess out of the kids. And we're going to preach hard. We're going to have community groups. And then you got to leave it at that right. because you you cannot outcompete the world for their time or their attention. Yeah. And so if you get too complicated, you get too cute, you plan too many things, you're just really hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized, listen, we need to do the, the basics very well. And, and think about an Acts 2, what the basics were. Mm-hmm. It was fellowship together. It was confessing sins, bearing their burdens, worshiping together, and hearing God's word, and doing it all over again. Yeah. If you're doing those things, they'll come for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and I know, and, and I don't know. I, I know everybody's trying to figure out how to navigate this, but 
it just seems like that now we were already dealing with sports, but mm-hmm. but there every weekend in the winter time, which you actually had a law, and so you're trying to figure out how to plan with things. So what you're saying is, don't worry about those. Focus on those uh, key times that you right. have with them. Pour yourself into them. Yeah, that's awesome. If if your event is not evangelistic or pastoral or both, mm-hmm. don't do it. Right. Cancel it. Yeah. If it's just for, oh, this is just to bring them in and, and be attractive, it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's good good word that people need to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we'll kind of conclude here. So tell me, I know, you know, you're a, you come to, you do retreats and things all the time, but is it important for ministers to get away and just have some time to retreat from the world mm-hmm. and get some rest. Absolutely. You know, last week it was cool to bring our group and for the first time not have to do anything. Yeah. Somebody's preaching, somebody's worshiping. I have, I've trained my small group group leaders well Yeah, going back to training and I know they can handle it because I've trained them how to, and mm-hmm. you can just kind of play shortstop and you kind of get refreshed. Yeah. You know, especially in the ministry, you're every time there's a Bible study, every time there's a gathering, you're the one pouring out. Mm-hmm. Um, and burnout is, is real. Yeah. You know, and so if you're not, filling your well, you have nothing to give. And I know that's cliche, yeah. but it's cliche because it's true. Right. And it really, <clears throat> it really starts with your mornings to me. Mm-hmm. You got to get up, you got to study your Bible for something that's not your message. Mm-hmm. That's not your sermon. That's not for other people. It's for you. Right. And before I ever prepare, if I haven't, you know, made my heart glad in the Lord, as the mm-hmm. Puritans used to say, then, then I'm really going to grind to a halt that day. Right. And that there's days I don't do it and I can tell. Right. When I'm dry and I have nothing to give. Yeah. And so if, if you will prioritize your time with the Lord that has nothing to do with, with your work-related studies, and then you'll have moments of retreat at places like Carson Springs where you can get away and, and make sure that you're not the one doing it, that you right. get to receive. Yeah. Um, it's very important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Josh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes and uh, talk to me a little bit about your heart and what's going on in your ministry, you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God has for you in the future, too. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, my friend. Yeah. If you're listening to us, if you're listening to uh, uh, on uh, iTunes or Spotify, if you'll just leave a comment or just follow us, that will make a big difference because others can be able to, to see this great resource and benefit from it. But if you have some questions for Josh or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo@tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope you will share the good news of Christ with someone you know today. Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at carsonpodcast at tnbaptist.org.